to forgive people who harm you is uh, the key to regaining the identity that God ordained you to have. Well, welcome to See Here Love on a very special show. I'm your host, Melinda, and I'm so glad to have back on the podcast and show with us, Becky Addison, Karen, and Blessing, who some of you who have listened and watched us over the past season remember that we did a contest to take over my hosting chair. Maybe it's because I needed a break, or maybe we just knew that there were some great hidden talent in Canada to take over my hosting chair. We did the contest, and these four amazing people were chosen uh, to be uh, the host for the day. So again, it was Becky Addison, Karen, and Blessing. They're back now after they did their season, and um, we mentored them. Their shows have aired, and now this is almost like yeah, the after the show talk, the honest conversations about how the process was and, and what it meant to be uh, mentored by See Here Love and the team and what they learned. So, hey, everybody, welcome. Welcome back. Hey, Melinda. Hey, hey. Becky. Hi, guys. back. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Addison, I, I think Addison's distracted because he's got a new kitten in the house is what I'm, I'm gathering. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which is so cute. I wish we could see it, Addison. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Okay. Maybe he will jump with the cat on the on the podcast. Amazing. <laughs> well, I know that we did a podcast and show earlier about when you had first won and found out that, you know, you were going to be a part of this journey. And we were at the sort of in the very beginning stages and everybody was really excited <laughs> And like, really like, wow, what an opportunity. And now we're months later. And I just wanted to hear from you about the overall experience. So I've got a couple questions. Excited to hear from you. So Blessing, let me start with you. First question. Sort of your overall experience as a See Here Love Takeover winner. Sort of from start to finish. What would you say that was like for you? Yeah. Um, I, I think initially it was just unbelief for me. Like, am I in a dream? <laughs> um, but I think uh, as I was going through the months and being mentored by you and meeting the team, uh, I started to realize, well, I'm part of something much bigger uh, than I thought. And this is so cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. Um, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> talking to my family about it, uh, my mom freaks out. I think she freaks out more than me. <laughs> but yeah, it was just, yeah, so wonderful. And meeting the wonderful people um, at the studio. And yeah, just realizing the impact of what it means to be a part of a team and what can happen when people share minds and share a vision together. Yeah, I just, it was just so beautiful to me. Amazing. Awesome blessing. That's, that's great. Addison, for you. Um, I thought the ex the experience to be full circle. <laughs> That's a nod to your show. <laughs> um, coming into to the show, actually in my audition tape, I wanted to talk about a particular topic of what women want men to know. And then with the highlight on where are the Christian men. And my episode went through so many different gymnastics of pivots, of changing <laughs> topics. And then we ended up, 
almost coming back where we started in, in the topic of where are the Christian men. And so it was, it was a great, fun and exciting adventure of kind of like going down the river on a canoe uh, with everybody and like taking the dodges as they come being the time that we are in COVID. Are we in studio? Are we not? It was, it was, it was awesome. It was an adventure. I love that adventure down a canoe in the river. I like that. That's I can visually see that. So that's a good maybe that's gonna be my new mission statement. Join the See Here Love Adventure in the canoe down the river and the rapids as we impact Canada. Maybe that's it. That's good, Addison. That might be a new tagline. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Amazing. Becky, for you, overall experience. Yeah, as I figured it would, it pushed me out of my comfort zone. I feel like again and again. And it's what I wanted, but then you never really want it as you're going through it. So there was a lot of moments where it was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. But what I was ironic about it is my topic of my show is grit. And I feel like I needed that grit more than ever to actually go through the workings of the show and the prep work and seeing it through to the final end. Cause we didn't know there was going to be the lockdowns that we had when we started so all my kids were home. So it was like, okay, how are we going to do this? So there was definitely some pivoting. I would relate to the um, rushing down the mountainside in the canoe, uh, like Addison was saying, but it was amazing. I thought it was, I mean, every time we get pushed out of your comfort zone, you learn something. And I feel like there was a lot of things that I learned through the whole process. Right. It's amazing. All right, Karen, for you, overall experience. So my overall experience as a See Here Love Takeover winner has been amazing. I have gleaned so much from so many gifted people. Linda set up an afternoon for us where we met many professionals, people that work for Crossroads. I will cherish that day forever. It was so much fun to listen to all the different areas that they work in and the different roles that each plays in the success of Crossroads. I love the team concept of together, everyone achieves more. Crossroads has many team members and they realize that they will achieve so much more together. They are all children of God and working towards giving us as viewers and listeners the best product they can to help us as we journey together with the Lord. Such a huge responsibility, but it certainly can be fun as well. When you think about spreading the life-transforming message of Christ each and every day, how could that not be fun? As I was looking back over the notes that I made from that afternoon, it was so hard to include all of the great points that we had. But really think about this one. God will stretch you to make room for himself. When those words were spoken, honestly, I had really had no idea how God was going to stretch me. Wow. How could I have probably walked through all of this by myself? No matter how long we walk with our Heavenly Father, we can always, He can always take us on a deeper walk. We just have to keep trusting in Him. Truly amazing. Oh, great. Nice overview, Karen. That's amazing. Now, this this question might be redundant, but I think as some, you know, all of you as you were chosen as winners, you know, I don't think you really knew the intricate details of what it takes 
to put a show together. And I think just for myself and for my team, you know, I, I think it's just us to hear from you, like one to two things you learned about either the work that goes into hosting um, or about yourself through the process. Now you kind of mentioned it, you guys, um, when you talked about your overall experience. So I think I'm more interested in like, what were some of the things you were like, Oh my goodness, I didn't realize when I see somebody on TV or somebody who's hosting a podcast or YouTube or radio, this is what this means. I'd love to hear if there was any surprises or anything that's were like, Whoa, blessing. What about for you? One or two things that you learned through the process that might surprise you or you didn't realize. Yeah. I think um, the first uh, shock to me was, uh, the fact that a script is invoked. I don't know. I just, I, and so that was partly why I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to have to practice talking really fast and without the ums and the ahs. And then turns out there's a whole like a uh, teleprompter and uh, it's like, what's a teleprompter? Um, so that really put my mind at ease knowing that, yeah, <laughs> there's a script involved. Um, I think secondly, uh, the process of looking at the camera whilst still paying attention to the guests. Uh, yeah, that was quite complicated uh, initially for me. And I admire you, Melinda, and, and your ability to just multitask on site, on stage, uh, so effortlessly. <laughs> um, yeah, I think those were the two first ones that were quite shocking to me. <laughs> So the script and teleprompter and camera and trying to be present, yeah. engaged, but while looking at a camera, mm-hmm. cameraman and lights on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say too, blessing, like that was a big thing for me. And then obviously with practice, you get, you know, but there's still moments I miss the wrong camera. I'm looking at the camera, not the guest. I'm looking at the guest and not the camera. And and it is something that I realized, even as I've been doing this for so long, it is something in your brain that you're literally firing on all cylinders in your brain on every single thing that's happening. Yeah. And it is a lot. So I'm glad you identified that because I don't think people realize that, but yeah. And teleprompter, but you did a great job on teleprompter. So that's good. All right, Addison, for you. Um, I could give two, two. One of them is a very pragmatic word. Uh, it, it, uh, Becky said it earlier, she said pivoting. And I, so it's pivot from the time that even just auditioning for this process, uh, for the show to writing the script to live taping and interviewing, you need to be able to pivot. And, um, so that's one thing that I've discovered. The other thing I'm still still processing and I might need counseling um, to do, do this. And this is what I mean. Uh, I actually came to visit on the taping on the day that Becky and Blessing had taped. And I mean, I wasn't even taping that day, but I could feel a little nervous. And I go to Blessing. I'm like, how do you feel? And she's like, perfectly fine. I don't feel anything. And I'm like, okay, am I weird that I feel a little bit for you? And then af- after the show, like after the taping, Blessing, how did you feel? And she's like, perfectly fine and i'm like okay so i'm not kidding from the time that i went to the taping to it was my turn i was now processing how do i feel like i don't know and if i'm feeling nervous should i not and honestly that day blessing i guess you taught me not to feel nervous or i'm not i'm either nervous and i'm in denial or i'm not nervous and i still don't know to this day what that answer is and so i'm still learning (laughs) the truth 
I don't know. It felt so natural that I didn't feel nervous, but now I'm nervous that I didn't feel nervous. And I don't know, Blessing could tell me what that is. I'm not sure. Is there any therapist in the house? Because yes. really, <laughs> anybody have anything to say to Addison? <sighs> you should have asked me. I was definitely nervous. <laughs> you asked the wrong girl. <laughs> Yeah, wrong girl, Addison. Wrong girl. Yeah, you were already taping, like when I walked in, you were like already sitting on set, and so I it was behind scenes. Like, Buzzy, how do you feel? She's like, I'm perfectly fine. I'm like, oh my goodness, like. Oh well, I, I I like to differentiate being overwhelmed versus being anxious, and being on set, just seeing all the warm faces and knowing that I'm in a safe, I'm safe, I'm okay. I didn't feel anxious or nervous, but I was overwhelmed because there was so much to keep track of. So I don't know if that. (laughs) So I came into taping day, like, I'm not nervous. I'm excited. Like, I'm just like, I'm like, that's what it is. And I just put that spin into there and now I'm totally confused. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you did a good job. You did a great job on set, Addison. So the process and the pivot, especially for you. And we're going to get to our topics in the next question, but I think out of all of them, out of all the shows, you had to do the most pivoting on the topic. And we had the most conversations, Addison, you and I, about the topic, changing it, shifting. So that was that was quite the experience. Uh, Becky, for you, one or two things you learned about the process of all of this or about yourself through it? Yeah, I think the process in itself was how many moving parts there are for one show just all the different people to connect with and questions to prepare and paperwork. I think all of that on the day of taping, it was like, okay, do we have everything together ready to go? Um, And just kind of balancing that and keeping that all organized in my brain was one thing. Um, And I think one cool thing I learned probably from that day that we met on zoom with all the people from crossroads and everything they were sharing Um, you just got this overall sense of they, they knew what the end goal was and the end goal is to share the gospel through the means of TV. And I think having that is like, listen, that is the goal. However, everything plays out. If we get to the goal, like we've done our job. And I think having that perspective where it's like a big picture perspective, instead of like, Oh, was my hair this way? Or did I look this way? Or did I not look at the camera? Like I could get caught in all those little details, but actually understanding, no, the bigger picture here is actually we are all working together for the mission of letting Jesus's name be known through the means of media. And that was a really good perspective shift for me. Mm, That's good. So even though it's about the process, we always know we're heading sort of the destination and the goal of what we want to accomplish, which kind of perspective through it. It's good. It's really good. Okay. Well, see, now I'm feeling good that now you guys are realizing four of you out of the entire world. (laughs) No, just kidding. Understand what we go through every week. (laughs) We only did one show. Like I've thought about it. I'm like, wow, I, I seriously underestimated the amount of work that goes into one show. And I've thought many times you do this over and over and over. Like it really is. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah. And I thank you for that because, you know, we did 34 shows last season plus 13 additional, you know, web shows. And I think what has been created in 
culture society is that, you know, production and things is very easy. I mean, now that everybody can do it, it people feel like it's easier, right? Like before, I think there was an appreciation of the process because, you know, when I was growing up, we didn't have YouTube and we didn't have multiple platforms to just, or an iPhone. So you, people did get the process of taping in a space. And as it's sort of going on, I think there's a lot of, you know, younger people too, possibly they're like, yeah, it's not that much work. You, you have a thought, you have an idea, you get up on stage, you do it. And, and there is that, but I think it's, it, there's a huge process and an, an entire teams behind to ensure that we are, you know, focus on our goal and doing what we're doing. And, and a lot of them are very skilled. You know, people went to school for it. People have been out that job for a long time, like crafting and learning their craft and skill. And I think that's something too. I'm glad you guys got to meet the team because each one of them, like every day do that job to ensure the content. So yeah, it's so good. I'm And part of me too, you guys, honestly, is that you got to really meet our team, Zoom and in studio. Uh, because not a lot of people get that sort of honor to meet them because we couldn't do the work without our our production team, right? And Calvin was fun to work with. I mean, and then when John came out and was like talking to us, it, our director, it's, yeah. Uh, Karen, for you, one to two things you learned about the process. Pretty ironic, Becky. Our heads must be in the same space. <laughs> There's so many things that I learned. It was hard to pick out just a couple, but... I said, like Becky, there are so many moving parts that you have to try to remember that truly it's just unbelievable. Really, I have a, a I have certainly gained a further respect for Melinda and her team. So much work goes into each and every show. Like we see the finished product, but what but wow, what goes in behind the scenes to make all this happen? It's just huge. So the show that I hosted was a bit different than the other was because I hosted the See Here Love in our home. So when we were preparing for it, where, where I would sit, I was running all over our home. And I mean, literally running. It was so much fun as they brought everything together. First, the doors were open for lighting and then the doors shut take everything off the fireplace mantle more books take on the floor chairs details 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 they all have such an eye for these things flowers delivered tulip spot it was so interesting as it all came together and the finished product for the day as i said so many moving parts of this comes together time time we only have so much time you have so much info in front of you, but only so much time to get it into the allotted time for the show. Mm -hmm. So again, Melinda, so, so, so much respect for you and the senior love team for what you do. Mm, thank you. It is an interesting thing. I, I will say, you know, I think one of the things is I was sort of watching you for process and work is that we had so much content. Each one of you had so much content that I think one of the constraints was the time. And you have to think about like, not only is it content, but you had to think about your throw, your questions, the answers of the guests, plus these different elements equal the show. So even when you're like, okay, well, you've got this much time in the show, it was actually cut shorter because of all the other parts. And I think, you know, that's the thing too, a lot of people don't realize is that you only have a set amount of time. It's not like, I mean, for a podcast like this or a YouTube show, we could just go on and on. But when you're on broadcast television and it's 29 minutes and 50 seconds to the dot, 
you have to have it to that time. And so, you know, you guys did a great job in ensuring, you know, how to, how to like cut down your questions, give nods, you know, to your guests to kind of like, okay, got to wrap it up. You know, those are all things that you would, you had to learn and we had to share on what to do with that. So, yeah, I would say, you know, if I was going to review you guys, it was really, it was fun to do. I mean, it was, it was hard work. Anytime you're mentoring, you know, it, it's funny. It's like, we're all about mentoring and wanting to help next gen. And then you get there and you're like, wow, it's a lot of work to do this. Cause you actually have to double prepare for to, to train somebody to do your job when, you know, you can do it blindfolded and your eyes closed to do it. And so it was really good for, you know, I will say for myself and for our team, uh, what it did was two things. I want to encourage you. Number one, I think it was really good because I remember there were moments where, because I've been just doing it on my, on like automatic pilot, there were things I just assumed just went for. But when I actually had to talk it out with you and explain it and try to understand it and work with you as I'm thinking, it was actually good and refreshing because it actually made me step back and think through a little bit more. Cause there are times where when you're putting out a week show every single week, it can sometimes just get a little bit automatic. Like you can just be like, boom, 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 boom. And so I think that was really good for me as executive producer and host to kind of take a moment and say, actually, I'm going to process a little deeper. And it was neat to process with somebody else to talk through the topic. What are we going to do? How are you going to do it? Who are the guests and be really, really mindful about that. So I think that was really good for us. And I think too, it was just using the, that the muscle and intentionality of, of mentoring, you know, like we are about mentoring. See here, love is about mentoring next generation. They call us virtual mentors, but I think it was great to actually be hands-on mentoring you because I think, I think everybody should be doing that on a, on a, you know, monthly yearly basis. And I think, I didn't just get one, I got four, <laughs> four people to mentor, but it was really good for me personally to, to really not be like, I'm just virtually mentoring young women on YouTube, because sometimes it's a little bit farther away, but to actually mentor and be with people and work through things in the mess of it and the goodness of it was really good for me. So thank you. I mean, I think it those, those things were really good for us. And then, oh, I said two, but one more, I, I need to say this to you because after the crew met with you in the initial kind of like day of initiation meeting our crossroads team. So many of them came to me and said, we needed that. We needed to actually tell, you know, blessing and Karen and Addison and Becky, what we do, because sometimes we forget. Sometimes we don't realize maybe how important our work is. Like it was actually quite emotional. You guys like they, because again, because it's work and you do it so many times and some of these crew members, they do a daily, like every single day. It's not weekly like ours that they said it was really good for us to encourage them about destination, about the goal, because sometimes we forget and you could be in ministry and you could be doing, you know, sharing good news and you forget (laughs) Because sometimes it does become more of a, of a job than actually a passion, a burning passion to share Jesus. And so you really helped them. I, I'm not kidding. That moment for many of them was really important that they, because they had to come prepared with what do I do and why is it important into the bigger picture? And so to share it with you, they were like, right this is why I do this. Oh yeah. And I will say it really enlivened them 
on their work. So thank you for that. So three things that was really great for us to go through the process. All right. I know we did talk about this a little bit, but I still love this. And I'm going to combine sort of like three questions in one. So for some of our listeners and viewers, they, they haven't heard or haven't watched yet your show. And so I wanted them to know why you picked your topic. Did you learn something new as you're preparing? And what do you hope viewers and listeners will take away from your show? So why did you pick it? Anything you learned about the topic? And what do you hope viewers and listeners will learn? So that's three. Um, Becky, why don't we start with you? Because you mentioned already it was grit. Mm-hmm. So why did you pick it? What you, if you learned anything new? And what do you hope your viewers and listeners will get out of the show? So I picked grit because it was my word of the year. I'm not typically someone who does a word of the year, but this year I did. Um, And I always pray over that choice. And I felt like God was really bringing grit to my mind. And so I think as we went into 2021, the realization that things were still as hard as they were last year were pretty evident. And, um, but I always thought I, I already had grit. Like to me, I was like, when I heard grit, I'm like, yeah, like I, um, have athletics in my past. And that's just about, you know, working hard and just staying committed. But the more I learned about grit as I went along and really brought it under kind of the microscope of scripture, um, it really was something, it was like a muscle that needed to be built or that could be built. And it wasn't just about pulling up my bootstraps and just, you know, not giving up when things get tough. It was really about leaning into God's strength making sure that he was the one that was carrying me through the hard times and that I, there would be hard times this year. Like I think grit was an important word because the Lord knows what's coming. And he knew that in my particular situation with the kids being home and just, I would need a lot of grit. I would need to lean on him for strength a lot. And as I dug into that more, I mean, that's the goal of our of our life in Christ is to reach that spiritual maturity, right? It says in Ephesians that we are to grow to maturity and that's part of it. The, the main theme verse from my show was about having joy and perseverance because perseverance develops character and character develops hope. And so when you hear that verse, you're like, Oh, that sounds so hard, but really grit is the process of letting God work that stuff out in our hearts as we go. And we don't give up, not because we are so strong in ourselves, but because our sights are on God. So I think, I hope that's what listeners take away from the show, that we can still um, have grit in the situations. We cannot give up on the things God has called us to. We might need to give up on some other things, but not the things God has called us to. And he will be the one that sustains us through the hardest days. Hey, it's Chris, friend of See, Here Love with Melinda. Sorry to interrupt this conversation, but I just had to let you know that the only way that See, Here Love gets to produce fun and authentic conversations like this one is through your financial donations. So go to seeherelove.com and click on the big donate button. Thanks for your support. Let's get back to the show. Any of you, Blessing Karen Addison, thoughts on grit? Was there anything that kind of came up in grit that you're like, oh, that that's actually really good. Any convicting moments about grit and perseverance for you guys? Yeah, I, I, for me, just what I kept thinking throughout the whole show was, this is the best time for this message, because yeah, with the pandemic um, and just the fluctuations in regulations and people's livelihoods and the immense change that so many people have gone through, be it 
personally or even career-wise. Um, sometimes it, it, the best message uh, you want to hear is you can, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the strength because uh, Christ is in you. Uh, and he, he, yeah, he is your strength. You can. And so, Becky, you just hit it right on the head with the message of grit. Um, and even <laughs> I was actually finishing off my last uh, semester at university. And there did come a point when I heard of uh, th- another lockdown. It's like, well, maybe I should just not even try anymore. And then I was scrolling on Facebook and then I'd see a clip uh, on grit. Right. Yes, I can. <laughs> you know, I can. Um, and so it was really, really encouraging to me personally. So, yeah, thank you for that. Thanks, Blessing. It's good. Yeah, great timing. Oh, Karen, go ahead. Yeah, I think the, the part of just keep on keeping on, you know, like I love that, Becky, like just the way that, you know, when I listen, even getting to know Becky, you know, sort of think through all the stories that she tells about her and all the things that happen we've all had chuckles about about what she has to go through but but just to encourage others and you know Becky wrote a a beautiful uh, devotional book as well and I've been I've been blessed to be able to give that to a couple of young mums and uh, I just met a girl yesterday at the grocery store Becky and she said that she's all done his book and is waiting for your sequel (laughs) I'm going to need some more grit for that. I'll be honest. <laughs> That's good. That's really, thank you, Karen. Grit is beautiful. And I think that was perfect, Becky, for the time. I think with the guests that you had on, which is different ones as far as health and, you know, viral videos and, um, you know, sharing with young people about Jesus, like all of those, how you chose the guests was really great. And really connected. And then Lecrae, of course, interviewing Lecrae, you know, on your first time out, people still were like, you gave her Lecrae, you know, know. winning artist. I'm like, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was perfect and great word of the year, but you did a great job. And I, I think the viewers, I know the viewers and listeners took away a lot to say we need to dig in, persevere, have grit and, and exercise that muscle. It's not just like it's going to happen overnight. You actually have to work on choosing, right, to persevere. And so that's fantastic. And I love, too, that it came out of a personal place for you, too, understanding that you needed that. And and I think that's the thing. I think for any great storyteller, the best stories come out of a personal experience, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're not like telling somebody else's story. You're telling your own and how you're you're within the process and the journey. And so it was really good. It's a great job. Thank you. Yeah. And the beauty, just quickly, the beauty of when it's something from God, like when it's from scripture, it will be morphed into wherever you are at, right? Wherever you are facing won't might, won't look the way I'm facing, but if it's true in scripture, it will be true to where you are right now, which I also really love. It's great. Thanks. Yeah. Addison. Now you mentioned pivoting, pivoting on this topic. And earlier uh, you mentioned about where are all the Christian men? Now, out of any topic title, it's like the spiciest and the one that has caused a lot of like, whoa, this is a conversation we need to listen to, especially for people who are single, single again, or whatnot. So why'd you pick the topic? Did you learn anything through this? 
And what are you hoping viewers, listeners will take away from yours, your show? Right. So uh, choosing a topic is really, it was just an overflow or a byproduct of the original show we wanted to do and the realities that we are faced in this time and in this season. So the original show we wanted to do was Blind Date Meet the Parents. So I wanted to set up a single viewer of See Here Love on a blind date with someone's parents. And the decision of to meet this person would be based on a blind date with the parents. The struggle was not being able to find a young single man. And so to pivot, uh, it was just having a real honest conversation. I'm like, hey, where where are they? And mind you, there might be some variables of why you can find one. Maybe they are there, but they don't want to be on TV. And maybe they're there. They don't want to be on TV and they don't want their parents on TV. I don't know. <laughs> or, but, or Addison, they're not there. Or they're not there. And they're there. And this is where... They're not dare. They don't dare. No, they aren't there. And this is what I did learn is that there's research to back up the, the experience that there's empirical research from the Pew Research Society uh, or pre Pew Research Center that generally around the world, there are more women than there are men who are faithful and in, 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 in religious, specifically in Christianity. So if there's anything that I learned, I mean, there's many. But one is that there's someone went out there to search it out and they found the they found the results to say that, yes, this is empirically true. True. It's not just an anecdotal experience. And so what I hope that viewers take away from this, whether you are single or single again or in a relationship where your partners are not, or your partner is not of faith, is to revisit what those seasons and stages of life really mean. Like singleness. What is singleness? Do I even need to be married? What is God calling for me in singleness and own it? So revisit it and own it. Same thing with marriage. Let's revisit to like, what is marriage? And let's own it. Like, what is holy matrimony? Is that what it is? And what does that mean when God's in that relationship? Or is marriage companionship for however long that I go with that or not? Like, we need to go back to what these words are and what they mean and reclaim it or like receive it or get rid of it. <laughs> Cause I mean, there's lots of words that and terminologies and uh, relationships that were very clear in generations past, but today it can mean so many different things. And so I hope that this episode just inspires people to revisit all of those stages and seasons in life. Yeah. And I think for you, Addison, it was fascinating your guests because you did get, a priest, a pastor, and a professor. And it was, that was hilarious in itself. But I mean, you, you got, you know, a, a Rev Chris, a priest who's like from the UK, who we, we, you know, zoomed in and had some really interesting thoughts. And then, you know, Pastor Bruxy Cavey, pastor of the Meeting House, one of the, one of the largest churches in Canada. And then a really cool professor at Tyndale University who knows students. So you had some really key people who could speak into this topic well, because they're in that space, right? Like, and they all had different interesting answers about why there are no, or, or not no, why there are not as many, it seems, Christian men, uh, you know, out there. And it was fascinating, their reasons. Like, they all had sort of different reasons about it. And I, and I learned a lot about if that's the case, how does community family help to encourage faith 
for for boys, but also for men. And it was there were some funny moments, eh? As in like so many takeaways. Like some of it was that there there might be that churches aren't aren't designed to focus on men. That a lot of churches focus on the emotional parts that are very much attractive to women. Um, and so men don't maybe necessarily find spaces that are safe where they can talk about challenges where I believe in science or I believe in logic. And this is very more emotional and faith and feeling. There's, there's a lot of conversation around. Yeah. Like Addison, what you were saying about, we've also segmented a lot in churches where we're not doing multi-generational communities. So you've got like college and career come together and then people get married. And then what happens to the, the college and careers that don't get married? And if they're not in multi-generational community, then they're lost and they're going to look somewhere else. And then there were some jokes that a lot of guys in their 20s, you know, they just play video games in their basement in their mom's house. And they're not out there being adventurous like a lot of women. And Bruxy was like, women, be superheroes. Don't wait for men to be your superhero and rescue you. You're the superhero and live the life. So there were so many parts, Addison, of your show that you literally could spin off into a thousand other conversations. It was definitely. Like, it was I like felt like we just like, and I knew 20 something minutes was going to feel short, but it really was <laughs> like, I knew coming in and like, uh, and I felt like I just got to say hello. And I'm like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And that's the thing. It's like, they're trying to get like for a TV show, but you know, I think, to have a longer show, it might have to be within the context like a podcast radio, but just so many, I, I think the show, you know, is really encouraging single people because the, the biggest thing you guys that came out, it was like, if you're going to be single, be fully single and embrace the opportunities that will come as a single person. Like never, don't always be like, oh, I wish I was married and miss out on the beauty of singleness and, and some of the freedoms and, and the things that you can do when you don't have a family. And then when you do get married and if you get married, then be fully married and don't dream of being single <laughs> and wanting your freedoms, <laughs> but being fully married and not comparing and being like, oh, this is hard. It's horrible. But how to be fully married and fully single. And I thought that was really a good reminder in your show, Addison. Like I was like, we have to remember that we're always wanting something else that somebody else has versus being content and working with what we have now and seeing God do something great in it. Any thoughts on, I mean, blessing, I don't want to single you out, but any thoughts on that, the topic of, and I just did, I don't want to single you out blessing, but I'm going to single you out to talk about any thought about that is the topic of where are all the Christian men? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, that's been my question for quite a while now. Where are they? <laughs> where are they hiding? My friends and I like to joke that they're probably hiding somewhere uh, running away from us uh, over um, achieving women. <laughs> but yeah, it was such a good show. And I think perhaps maybe aside from me being single and whatnot, uh, I think it is an encouragement for families with sons because I have younger brothers, right? Um, and yeah, just the encouragement that I received to perhaps approach faith differently with my brothers uh, just because of who they are as uh, men um, and yeah seeing how how do they view the Lord how do they view our Christian faith uh, and giving a special ear to that and not just saying oh you're not passionate enough you don't raise your hands during worship mm. um, and so yeah for me it's been really great to um, reorder the way I view uh, 
be it my younger brothers or other gentlemen in my life um, and how they view faith. That's good. And Becky, you have four boys. I do. I know. That was my thought. When you said, where are all the Christian men? I'm like, wow, interesting. Because where are they? (laughs) And what does that mean for my boys? Because they're still really young, but there must be a point on the path where like a lot of these men were previously Christian or raised in Christian homes. And so um, there must be a point where there's kind of that separation. And so for me, it's like uh, that reminder to exactly what Blessing's saying, like find out, okay, how will my boys, um, well, to pay attention to how they receive things about God, right? Because they'll probably all receive things a bit differently in and of themselves, but just to kind of be more intentional about finding that and not expecting them to just pick up the way I picked up things going through the church. And um, yeah, but it definitely, it kind of was that alarm bell to be like, okay, this is important. Raise your boys to be Christian men as best as I can. And also pray, like pray over them, pray over, pray over them. Um, That that isn't their story that they grow up to leave the church. Yeah. So something that like I didn't share on on air because my role is here as host. You know, I'm not really putting in my too much of my opinion. I'm asking the questions. The experts give the answers. Um, one of the things that I've been wondering about is: is it just a very Canadian thing that we 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 have a very we're hyper to the me rather than the we? And like a very Canadian thing is like you do you do you. And if we look in the Old Testament, right, or, or if we look in scripture, you know, like as for me and my house, there's, so there's a me, we will serve the Lord. But I, from what I'm seeing in a lot of families, it's kind of like, well, okay, I'm going to go to church, but you do you, you know, like uh, <laughs> mommy's going to literally mom's going to go to church, dad, whatever you do, you, the kids, you do, you like, you make that personal choice and decision. And obviously there is a personal choice and decision, but I'm just seeing a, our identities to be so hyperly me and hyperly you that there's no we, and there's no us. (laughs) And so you have a bunch of people just kind of doing their own thing in pursuit of what is most important in our culture is happiness, right? So like, as long as you're happy, you do you. And if it's not church, it's not Jesus. Um, well, you do you, and maybe you will fall enough to figure that out. <laughs> and yeah, we can go on that on a whole nother thing, but that's something that I am seeing a lot. It's that we've, we've happiness has all in itself has been like an idol that happiness is more important than God. And that I'm going to find it outside of him. And as long as the, as long as you're healthy and not hurting anybody, then you do you. It's good. Yeah, we need to bring back some of that old school parenting where it's like, uh-uh, you're not, you are going to church today, son. Like put on your pants. We are going to church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put on your pants and clean underwear and clean socks. Yeah. yeah. And brush your, and brush your teeth. Yeah. Have a good yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing. I mean, I think there's a balance you guys, because there's a part of the we, but then there's also the part where many of us were forced to do things. And then we got resentful and then rebelled because it wasn't again like our own it was our parents faith so i it's it's an interesting thing of learning for all of us it's like how do you share faith in the home um when you have teenagers who might not be into it and yet you you know you want it to be open that they choose and that 
you know, you're modeling well without forcing them to believe in something because then it's a forced love. It's not a real relationship. So it's a really, you know, parenting in that space is, I think the prayer, I think you keep modeling, you keep being consistent. You keep saying, you know, cause I look at many families that I know Christian missionary and all kinds and every kid's story went different. Like there's no family I know that ended up everybody was following Jesus by their adulthood. And a lot of them grew up in church and missions. You know what I mean? Like, so it's a, it's a good question. Addison's really good. That's another show. You got to come back season seven. Okay. <laughs> we lost Karen. So I'm going to go to blessing and hopefully Karen comes back onto the podcast show, but blessing you did. a whoa topic a great one um why'd you pick it something learned along you know as you were researching and what your hope for viewers and listeners yeah so my topic uh was deconstruction to reconstruction of faith um it came out of um a a two-year season of just spiritual dryness i would say um and just unbelief <laughs> in church, in God, um, in, yeah, the work of the Lord. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I was just, this show was an opportunity for me to put language to that season of, I actually don't really believe uh, in the fancy music or the eloquent sermon. Um, and why is that? <laughs> I've grown up in this faith for all my life. Um, why is it, why now do I suddenly have this huge bout of unbelief? Um, and what about my faith? Uh, uh, what features of my faith uh, should be, should I let go uh, and not be afraid to let go? So it was great to uh, rub minds with my guests um, and understand why sometimes people um uh, decide to completely neglect features of their faith or their whole faith entirely um, and what can be done to have a healthy process of uh, doubt. Because I, I, I think one thing I've learned is that God is not phased by doubt. Uh, in fact, he, like the scripture says, create within me a, a, a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me because of what we are, we're idol makers, right? So oftentimes we create structures um, and strongholds and ideas about God and our role and relationship with him and our place in this world. That is actually not quite biblical or according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so God might actually be the initiator of seasons of unbelief, um, because some, perhaps maybe that idea that you have about God is actually not who he is. Um, and so I, I find that really beautiful that beneath the uncomfortable struggle of not knowing what, uh, what to do about your faith, uh, there's hope that uh, y- you will find the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, and you will have a renewed encounter with God. Um, and I think... Yeah, what I hope um, the viewers would leave with uh, specifically is to create spaces that allow for healthy questioning, not cynical questioning, 
because that's <laughs> you're just destroying uh, what is good for no good reason. Um, so yeah, I, I think having healthy, safe places to ask for why do we do this during Sunday? Why do we have purple lighting? Or why do we uh, interpret this verse in this way? Where did this verse come from? Um, is uh, giving money this certain amount really what God wants us to do? Um, yeah. And yeah, and I think if God gave us minds, I'm sure he wants us to use it as well in worship to him. Um, and so, yeah, create spaces and don't be afraid to ask questions. Good. And your your guests were pretty, there were some intense guests. You know, we had Josh from the Netherlands and Addison. We had Eunice, your friend, on the journey in sort of deconstruction and reconstruction. And then AJ, the author, who talked about that. Like, he had a lot of guests. You probably had the most guests on your show, Blessing. Um, thoughts, you guys, just, you know, deconstruction of faith to reconstruction. I think there's, I think all of us have somebody or we know of somebody who is going through that same thing. Thoughts on the importance of this topic that Blessing was doing? I believe we need to maybe intentionally have that part of our discipleship process in which, I mean, the Amish, I think they have something called the Rumspringa or something like that, where young people have a year to challenge their beliefs by living out in the world. And uh, maybe, I don't know about doing that with their youth groups. It'd be an interesting, for, an interesting year. <laughs> love new, new mentorship. Okay. Everybody oh, no. come hang out with us and we're just going to go spread our wild oats. And that's, that's, that's what we're going to do. That's going to be on Hey Misha very soon. Like do yes. whatever you want for a year. Um, mind you do whatever you want from Amish is like, get a phone and that's like huge right like so, <laughs> uh being that we already have the technology and everything that would be a different story but i'm wondering if we should have a process in which we do challenge those questions um because then if you're able to deconstruct it then you would, would be able to reconstruct it again um with the Holy Spirit. Um, I think right now in our process, it's kind of like, because we don't intentionally allow for that to happen. It's when that time comes, when you deconstruct, you just kind of delete. And uh, yeah. So I think it was a great topic and I think we should continue talking about it. That's good. Yeah. I think too, like even your two topics, Addison and, and blessing together, it's interesting because you talk about where are these Christian men and the church is such a feeling, like it's so um, appealing to women, right? And so this is, maybe this is why so many men are kind of falling away because they don't know how to deconstruct and reconstruct because what they're seeing doesn't line up all the ways, but the women kind of fill in the cracks with like, but it feels so good. And like, I just feel it. And the guys are like, yeah, I don't really do that. So I'm not really sure where things connect here. And it's funny, Blessing, because I, I hadn't even heard that term before. When you said it, I was like, what is she doing her show on? And then I started seeing it everywhere. And I'm like, wow, this is like a big deal right now. This is happening. And I'm actually so encouraged that it's happening. And I'm so glad you did this show because it gives kind of a structure to people who might find themselves there, but not sure where to go with it. Because mm -hmm. I think you're exactly right. And like Addison, what you were saying, there, there are probably things we do need to let go of in the things we've brought, been brought up to believe 
like the purple lights and the fog machines and all these things that are like, okay, whatever. But where does it stand? Like, where am I going to, uh, like, what hill am I going to die on? I need to know what hill I'm going to die on. And it can't be on all those things that we've just kind of been brought up to believe. We need to know exactly what it is. And so I really appreciate it. I learned a lot from your show because I, I just didn't know. And now it gives me more tools to even talk to people who might be going through something like that. Yeah. And I think too, um, blessing that, you know, and especially putting it on a national platform, like we got a lot of people going, thank you for doing that because we didn't know if any Christian show would be brave enough to tackle this or even start the conversation. So that was really good. And that was the good feedback I got from people saying, thank you for that. But I also think it gave people permission and they didn't feel as scared, you know, to come out of the whispers and the dark places to say, yeah, I'm in that space too. Because, you know, when we talked blessing, you know, there's a number of people I know that are deconstructing, uh, deconstructing, and a lot, some of them are not reconstructing. They're staying in deconstruction. And they're going to live there or stay there. Uh, there are some people that are slowly reconstructing. And then there are people that are just starting deconstruction. Like it's just, and so it's really, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so glad that you, you brought that because there are a lot of people in the faith that I know are in this space and, and some of the churches and families aren't safe for them. Like, could you imagine a pastor who's deconstructing right now? What, what's he going to say to his wife and congregation and board? Um, f- folks, just so you know, I'm a, I'm the head of a, a large mega church and I'm having some serious doubts on these really key fundamental issues. Uh, like who is it going to say that to? So mm-hmm. I think, and not just that level, I'm saying, you know, for anybody who, who's following Jesus or in that, but it's scarier when you're in ministry or you're leading people in these spaces and you're in deconstruction. But I think Melinda too is the communication aspect of it, right? Is because people are so apprehensive about talking about because they think that they're going to be looked at differently. You know, I always come back to the part of faith is always stronger than fear. And so many people live in fear and they don't allow the faith to really come through. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Blessing. That was really that great topic. It's really good. Karen, we'll finish off with you. Um, uh, picking your topic of forgiveness, did you learn something through it? And what you hope the viewers and listeners will take away from your show on forgiveness, the gateway to healing. So I picked the topic, the gateway to healing is forgiveness because it means so much to me. One of the comments that was made in our mentoring time was to make our show meaningful and a passion of ourself. So I'm so, so passionate about this as I know the difference that it's made in, uh, in my life. We really do not realize the things that we are holding on to until God shows us. So that's why the prayer ministry that I'm involved in as a passionate volunteer with LL Ministries is so important to me because I, I've seen firsthand the difference that it can make. So when I, yes, I was sexually abused by a family friend as a child, and I will use the word, you know, friend very loosely for sure. But we were really don't, it, it is a topic that it's not talked about a lot. It's always kept in the darkness. And so we need to bring this out into the light because it, that's when it really makes the difference. So as I speak these words, and some of our listeners 
I'm sure I have been sexually abused because the statistics are high. Please, please make no mistake. The predator lures this little boy, this little girl, and they cannot be held responsible. It's not their fault. I pray that this speaks to many of our listeners today in a powerful way and brings freedom to the way that the way that it has done that for me. I just pray that that freedom comes. LL Ministries is dedicated to seeing people healed and restored through prayer. And it's such a beautiful, amazing time with our Heavenly Father. So, yeah, I've learned, you know, many things, but I learned from this time that people have no idea how deep the wounds are that are caused from the words or actions that they do. And I hope and pray that God will use my story to help someone find freedom. Holding his hand and trusting God knows best can be a struggle for us all. In 1 Peter 3.15, it says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And I have that hope in the Lord. Amazing, Karen. Thank you. And and forgiveness, the top of forgiveness is always a, is a big one for See Here Love. Uh, we find that uh, every time that we have talked about forgiveness, uh, it seems to just connect with so many viewers, men and women, uh, because it's an important one. It's one that unforgiveness will literally make people sick emotionally, spiritually, and physically. It it imprisons them, and they just can't live a life of freedom. So I'm glad that you brought your personal story uh, to us and brought some great guests uh, who were very courageous in sharing theirs. Any just quick thoughts about the forgiveness topic, and then I, I want to end and the show, but the importance of the forgiveness topic that Karen brought to us. Yeah, I know it's hot topic now, but even with race relations, I think as we see all the injustice that happens in the world um, and even personal personal injustices that may have occurred uh, because of one's ethnicity, um, much like when violence happens towards you, you carry that identity. And I think like um, Karen said, forgiveness is the way to freedom, right? And I, I've experienced that in my life and your show just echoed that so well um, in that. Um, and in my case, this is with race relations um, that, yeah, I don't know. Forgiveness is so, so powerful. Um, and yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> Good. Good. Well, I want to say thank you. I want to wrap this time up together. I want to say again, a huge thank you for your involvement, your participation, your willingness to just do so much good work uh, with the Takeover Winners um, experience. I learned a lot. Your topics were amazing. It was great to now that we can call each other friends. I hope that you won't stop being storytellers and writing and speaking and being brave as you share your story. We need more truth tellers. We need courageous people who will step in and 
and speak truth, even when there may be a cost or it's not the most, you know, liked response. But I am incredibly encouraged by you. I can't wait to see where God takes you in the next days, months, and years. We will definitely have to have you back on See, Here Love to do some updates on where are they now? You know what I mean? Like with Oprah, where are they now? So you guys better be somewhere in Hollywood. Three years. <laughs> we can fake being anywhere now. We've got all the Zoom backgrounds. <laughs> oh, look at you, Becky. You're like in St. Bart's. Wow. <laughs> oh, um, so we, we'll have to do a where are they now? Find out what um, is happening. But again, so appreciate all of you. Thank you. And I think I have to end the show with this promise to you in all the work, in all the parenting. Yes, in the singleness. Yes, in the healing and forgiveness, in the grit, in the we versus me, in uh, being spiritually dry and reconstructing faith. For all of you, I want you to know that you are seen, you are heard, and you are deeply loved by God. Love you guys. And thanks for a great show. See Here Love with Melinda Estabrooks is a production of Crossroads Christian Communications Incorporated, a member of the Canadian Council of Christian Charities. To support this program, please visit seeherelove.com and click the donate button or call 1-800-265-3100. And from me and the See Here Love team, thanks so much for your support.